Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, this morning I get to share for this time, this short time that we have right now. And I'd love you to turn your, in your Bibles, who brought their Bible? Or you can look at the screen, whatever you desire, to 1 Samuel, here we go, 1 verse 8 to 18. And I'm going to talk for a moment about the story of Hannah. Does anyone know the story of Hannah? Uh, Hannah is the mother of a guy by the name of Samuel, one of the greatest prophets to ever roam the earth. And uh, so they decided to name two books after him. And uh, if you read through the story, you will find, and we're going to catch up in a moment through this story, but you'll find is that she was a woman that was barren. And year after year, she would go to the temple. Year after year, they would come, they would sacrifice, and her prayer would be, Oh God, give me a son. Her desire was, God, this is my circumstance in life. And, and back then, is that, you know, there was a guy, and he would have multiple wives. You know, I'm, I just love having one wife. That's all I need in my life. Uh, but, but he would have two. And so all of a sudden, there would be a competition on who would give the most kids. And so this lady, you know, she was always tormented by the other wife, basically going, look at my, and she'd be like, I don't have any, and her heart's cry was, God, this is what I want. But it comes to the point where we read within the scripture, where even her husband goes, hey, listen, stop being so sorry for yourself. Aren't I worth 10 sons? He's a guy with ego. And so here we find in this story where she is, and, and this, uh, when you read through the scriptures, we find her in this place where she's eating a meal, she's sorrowful, and she's crying out to God. And we're going to pick it up here in 1 Samuel 1 verse 9. It says, As when the sacrifice had been offered, and they had eaten the meal, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli was sitting in his chair, who was the priest, as, he pray, as she prayed, Lord Almighty, I am your servant, but I am miserable. Please let me have a son. I will give him to you for as long as he lives. His hair will never be cut. Hannah prayed silently to the Lord for a long time, but her lips were moving, and Eli thought she was drunk. How are you going? <laughs> How are you going to stay drunk? He asked her. Sober up. Some versions say, sober up woman, or how drunk are you, woman? But all of a sudden, he's there, he's judging her. Sir, please, yeah, don't think I am no good, Hannah answered. I am not drunk, I haven't been drinking, but I feel miserable and terribly upset. I've been praying all this time, telling the Lord about my problems. Eli replied, you may go home and stop worrying. I am sure the God of Israel will answer your prayer. Sir, thank you for being so kind to me, Hannah said. And then she left, and after eating something, she felt much better. Isn't it amazing what food does every now and then? Like, honestly, sometimes you go home and it's like, it's just a good feed. Like, you know... Bupsha, Carolina's, my mother-in-law turned 60 this week. She doesn't look a day over 21. And, and, and I'll tell you what, this week we've eaten so much. And I've never felt so good. 
And that's the way life should be. And here we find here is that all of a sudden there's this time where she's feeling good. Yeah. When I read this story, the first point that I find is how many times are we always misunderstood? Has anyone ever been misunderstood? Come on, a show of hands if you've been misunderstood. Ah, there's some that aren't showing their hands. You're lying or you're not married, one of the two. But, but there's this time where, you know, sometimes we're, we're misunderstood. Our, our motive is pure, our motive is right. But the way people look at us, we can be misunderstood, we can be falsely interpreted, misjudged or mistaken. And, and so if you're anything like me, it happens on a regular basis. It's true. Just ask anyone that knows me. But for some, you know, we find this story where Hannah is here. She's pouring her heart out to God. She is crying. And she's misunderstood. She's misunderstood. Her motives are misunderstood. And so this is what I find in life, is that people are going to judge you before they know you. People are going to judge you before they know you. People in the world are going to look at you and they look at the church and they look at Christians and they judge you before they know you. You know, the saddest thing is, is that then you come inside the church and... No. No, they wouldn't, would they, Mark? No, Christians will judge you before they know you. How do I know? Because it's in the Bible. You've got Eli, even the priest, was sitting at the... He was sitting in his spot. He was there. He was at the door. That's where his post was, watching everyone come in. They'd give their sacrifice. Then they would pray. And, and there's this moment where this, this woman comes in. Hannah, she comes in, and she pours at herself, and the old priest is judging her. This How dare this drunkard come in? How dare she just... How long is she going to be there? How long is she going to just... Is she... She's not... She's drunk. No. No. There's no one in here like that at all, is there? It's very quiet in this Methodist church. (laughs) But, But there's this moment, it's like you... All of a sudden, you're profiling people. And here we have Eli, you know, he's profiled her before he actually gets, and he comes over. He actually comes over and basically, you know, does the tap on the shoulder of, are you saved? Anyone ever had the three taps? Are you saved? (laughs) Uh, This was the thing, like, she's there, are you? And all of a sudden, she has this conversation. It's amazing how people will judge you before you even are known to them or before they get to know you. Friend, I pray that we're never like that. I I pray that we're never the ones that we we look at a certain situation without knowing the person and make judgment, that we actually go and tap them and engage them. See, in this moment where Eli, he goes over He walks across the room. He engages her. And in that moment of an engagement, he brings encouragement. Through a misunderstanding, he walks over and he he engages. And in that moment of engaging, 
he releases a miracle over her. He listens to her petition. He stands in faith and, and makes those words, you know, let it be as God will bless you. Go and don't worry because God has got you in the palm of your hand. Friend, today, I want to encourage you, if you've never walked across the room to engage someone that you don't know, I want to encourage you, walk across the room because you could be their answer. Walk across the room because you could be the encouragement they need to receive the miracle that God has for their life. That was Eli's position. Eli's position wasn't to sit there and judge. Eli's position was to step up, walk across, and bring encouragement. As Christians, our job as family, and that's what family do, family encourage each other. Families speak life over each other. You know, if you want your family to prosper, you speak life over it. There's enough families in the world that they speak death over their kids, and what takes place is death. And so what we need to do as a church is be countercultural and speak life, speak hope, and we'll see heaven come to earth in our community, in our families, and we'll see God move. And so here's this woman, she is there in that moment, she's misunderstood. Friend, you will be misunderstood for some of the things that you do for God, but friend, I want to tell you, be misunderstood because you're going to be criticized anyway. Because if she wasn't there pouring out her soul, she was found in the house, she was found at the altar, but if she wasn't there, she would never have received her miracle in the first place. She was broken, she was poured out, She was in a place of humbling herself. Which position do you take? And there's going to be times where you'll switch positions. You'll be the one that will need to walk across the room and encourage. There'll be times where you'll be broken and you'll be hurting and you'll be down here. And in that moment of broken and hurtingness, I pray that you humble yourself enough to be able to reach out and be the one at the altar to receive the miracle. Friend, we'll be misunderstood, but I want to say this, pour out anyway. Pour out anyway. Pour out anyway. (laughs) You know, the apostles in the book of Acts were criticized for being drunk. The Spirit of God poured out over their life on the day of Pentecost. Carolina spoke about it last week and it was an amazing sermon last week. Get on YouTube, get on wherever it is and listen to it where God poured out His Spirit. They overflowed onto the streets and as they overflowed onto the streets, people thought that they were drunk. They were misunderstood. They were misinterpreted. But you know, in that moment of time of them pouring themselves out, of God pouring Himself out, 3,000 people were added to the church that day. What happened if they listened to the crowd? No, we're not drunk as you suppose. We're full of the Spirit of God. Well, what about King David was criticized for being indecent when he was dancing in his jocks before the ark? Bringing the ark in, he stripped, he was humbled himself, he danced. His own wife criticized him. Sometimes, friend, you'll be misunderstood, you'll be misinterpreted for the things of God, but who cares? Who cares? As long as you're worshipping your God, as long as you're in a place of going, God, here I am, 
what I do is for you. All I do is for you. But God also too, all I need is you. All I need is your spirit. All I need is you to be present in my life because if that isn't part of it, well then why are we here? 1 Samuel 1 verse 15, if you look through the New King James Version, it says, Hannah answered and said to Eli, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Friend, today we need to pour out our soul. You know, I find this. In Noah, God teaches us what it means to trust Abraham, what it means to trust. Abraham and Sarah, you know what it teaches us? It teaches us to have faith. Ruth taught us to be concerned for all people, no matter their race or gender. David taught us what it meant to have a heart after God. Job taught us what it means to hang on amid darkness and confusion. The story of Hannah teaches us to pour out. It teaches us to pour out. It teaches us to come to a place and pour out. Reading through that scripture, what I find is that she was there a long time. A long time. If you know me, a long time for me is maybe two minutes. Maybe five if you can keep my attention. If we have a meeting for over 20 minutes, you know that's a really good meeting. (laughs) But there's this... Some people can do long. You know, and, and my question is, is here she was... How long was long before someone came over? But then I read through and it was a yearly occurrence where she would come. So she'd been quite regularly, but it wasn't until this moment that Eli came over. It says she cried out. And I don't think it was sitting in the seat, just praying like this. She was at the altar. And you know, I think... For someone to think that she was drunk, it would have been an ugly cry. You you know the ugly cry? I don't cry well. I don't cry much. Have I done an ugly cry? Carolina's like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen him cry much. But but the, the ugly cry, you know, the one where... I have to explain it. Where there's no makeup on, there's no nothing, there's just snot everywhere. Uh, it, it's just, it's bad. You know, bad. She was bad, and, and so it was like, you know, she must be dr- mistaken. But here she is pouring herself out. She would have been at the altar. She would have been home and just. Yet there was no, it was sight, there was no prayer. She could, he couldn't hear what she was saying. The lips were moving. And he comes over. Poured herself out. If we can learn anything from her, is that we need to pour ourselves out. We need to get ourselves into a place of humbling ourselves and going, you know what, our strength comes from our God. Our strength comes from Him. 
In that moment of pouring herself out, she makes a vow. Friend, we need to pour ourselves out. We need to pour out the tears. We need to pour out the praise, the worship, the prayers. We need to pour ourselves out to the Lord God Almighty. You know, in worship, do you pour yourself out? Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to jump? Are you willing just to pour it out? Or are you one of these ones? I'm pouring it out. Now I'm not. Friend, we need to be passionate about the things of God. If we want to see God move, we need to move. I'm not seeing God move. Well, have you moved in the last 10 years? Yes. It's funny, we can either be in between or all in. Or what about with our prayers? Our worship, our tears. Here she was, but the key to the thing was, was that she poured herself out to the Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty. Not to anyone, not to her friends, not to family members, not to some random barista that makes the best coffee on the peninsula or wherever on the north side, you know. It's like, oh, how's your day? Oh, great, I've just got a... And all of a sudden you're like this. And it's like, no, take it to God. The barista's not going to help you. Here she was in that moment. Pours it out. My last point is this. Is once you've done all that, smile. Because you're going to receive your promise. Smile. And this is what everyone tells me, Sam, you need to smile more. Yes. <laughs> I try. I'm smiling on the inside. And there's those moments of smile, you know. Why do I say smile? Because God has it. He's got it. You know, Hannah comes and pours herself out, but in that moment she realizes the safest place she can be is in the palm of God's hand. She realizes that in that moment, she realizes she gets up and she goes away. She goes away what? Happy. She eats. She goes away with her spirit changed. Why? Because she knows she's going to receive a miracle. Because she knows that she can have the peace that God is with her. And in that moment of going, you know what, right now I can smile because God has got it. You know, when you receive a promise and a word of encouragement, you know that God has got it. The priest actually came over and confirmed that God was on her side. That confirmation was all that she needed because she poured out her heart. And as she poured out her heart, (laughs) he prophesied. and said, hey, don't worry. She gets up with a smile. God has got it. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, it says, eye has not seen nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. For those who love him. Hannah wanted a son she wanted a son 
God, just give me a son. And she made a vow. I'll give, give me a son and I'll give him back to you. In other words, God, I'm ready to receive. And whatever I receive, I know that it's not for me, but I'm going to give it back to you. She wanted a son, but God wanted a leader. She wanted the son, but God wanted the answer for Israel at that time. Friend, your desire that you have, that thing that you're calling out for, yeah, yeah, you may think it's for you, but God's saying, you know what, lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. You know, we want an easy life. Who wants an easy life? Yeah, everyone's hand goes up. Everyone wants an easy life. <laughs> but God offers us eternal life in his presence. That's what he offers us. You know what? We want riches. Who wants riches? <laughs> but God promises us his Holy Spirit. We want a life free from suffering and God offers us to transform our suffering and give it meaning and purpose. God's ways are always higher than our ways. Always, always, always. Hannah gets her breakthrough. She gets her breakthrough, but the nation gets the breakthrough as well. But this is what I find with God. Is that once you receive your breakthrough, you'll never have to break through in that area in your life ever again. You'll never have to break through in your life in that area ever again. You know, if you need a breakthrough in finance... Once you step through that, that door of finance, once you step through that breakthrough, you'll never have to go back again. Why? Because you've always and have broken through and God has given you the victory. If you need that breakthrough in healing, when you step through and you receive your healing, you'll never have to step through that door again. Why? Because God is with you and you step through into the breakthrough that God has for your life. Think of King David. As a young boy, he takes on the bear. He defeats the bear. Do you ever hear of a story of him defeating a bear ever again? No. He takes on the lion, defeats the lion. He takes on Goliath. What happens? Defeats the Goliath. Does he have to defeat Goliath ever again? No. But you know what I find in that story? that I love about it. He steps through in breakthrough in every area and he just keeps walking. Just keep, he doesn't have to go back and address it again and again and again. But what I love about the story of David is those around him become giant slayers themselves. Those around him stepped into the breakthrough that he had upon his life as well. In other words, those around you can inherit the breakthrough that you have as well. And I, I love this moment where I look at Hannah, is that she asks for a son. God gives her a leader of a nation. She receives and offers it back. Well, then how does the breakthrough work there for her? Well, after Samuel, she ended up having five more children. 
She never had to go back. She never had to pour herself out again. Friend, today, if we would humble ourselves, if we just come to God and go, God, this is, if we step through into the breakthrough that he has for each and every one of us, we'll never have to address those things ever again in our life. But we have to be willing. We have to be willing. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Knock and it will be opened to you. What are those things you're desiring for? Maybe what are those things you've been desiring for for the last five, maybe ten years and you haven't seen breakthrough yet? Friend, your breakthrough is coming. Your breakthrough is coming. Your prayers will be answered. God will move on your behalf. But don't lose faith. Hannah didn't lose faith. It was in the right time. It was in the right time. And we have faith, love, hope coming up next week. And yes, it's about sowing above and beyond our tithes and our offerings, but it's our faith moment as well. Because every time I come to a place and and I sow financially into the house of God, I never see finance leaving my bank account. I see faith. I see miracles. The lives will be changed. Futures will be altered. But we have a, a thing on Faith, Love, Hope weekend where we have the crosses out the front. And each and every one of us, you know, we take the Faith, Love, Hope pack home and we have prayer requests that we have. We have praise reports. And friend, one thing I want to ask is, next week when you come, what is the prayer request? What are you believing for? What are you believing for God to move? Maybe in your life personally, maybe in your family, maybe in your community. But I would ask you, write it down and bring it next week. The other thing is, is over the last 12 months, what's the praise report that you have? What's the miracle that you've received? I was talking to a dear friend, a member of our church who's been, we've known, Carolina and myself have known for probably, I would have to say, at least 15 years. And I was talking to them after the service, in between the 8.30 and this service, And they were just telling me that he'd got a diagnosis, and this was a little while ago, that he had blood cancer. But three months later, they referred to the specialist and whatnot, but three months later, they had the blood report done, they had everything done, and the specialist was like, you know what, do you want the bad or the good news? Like, well, just give us the bad news first. Well, this was your report three months ago. This is your report three months later, there is no sign of anything. No sign. No sign. And they said, the way we received our miracle was through prayer. The way we received our miracle was through prayer. Was through a moment of going, getting prayed for with the pastor, getting anointed. You know, friends, miracles are common. Miracles are common. And sometimes we have to dig out and we have to find these miracles because we don't hear about them every day. We hear about people's problems, but we never hear about their testimony. 
And so faith, love, hope, I'm a big believer of this, is yes, we bring our prayer requests and we pin it to the cross. And the way we pin it to the cross is I pin that prayer request to the cross. Prayer, the need or whatever it is, it's his. And as soon as I pin it there, God, you've got it. You've got it. Because I know he's got it. And so if he's got it, then I don't need to worry about it. If he's got it, then I don't need to fret. Do I still have issues? Yeah. But I know he's got it because I can have the peace of all understanding that flows. But you know what's facing out? Facing out is the praise report. Facing out is the wonders of what God has already done in my life, is the wonders of what God has already done in our life. Because when we start shouting God, his praises, when we start testifying who God is in our life, you know what happens? It builds faith. And when we build faith, you know what happens when you build faith? Miracles can happen. I want miracles to be normal. I want miracles to be normal in our house here. I want miracles to be normal when you're walking down the street and you walk down the street and you walk past someone and they know there's something different about you. You don't even have to look at them. But as you walk past them, they feel something, they know something. And even to the point, as the apostles were and Peter, that as your shadow touches them, they receive healing. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.